We've had an eventful year on the Content 10X podcast and we've covered many different topics in the world of content repurposing. Join me as I take a trip down memory lane and relive some of the best bits from the podcast in 2021. You're listening to the Content 10X podcast where it's all about content repurposing. I'm Amy Woods and I'm here to help you maximize your content and find smart ways to get your message in front of more of the right people whilst also saving time. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Content 10X podcast. I'm your host, Amy Woods, and as this episode goes out, it's the last week of 2021 and what a year it's been. Now, I thought, what better way to end the year than to recap some of my favorite moments from the podcasts in the past 12 months. But before I do that, just to mention that in last week's episode, I reviewed some of the most exciting content developments that happened in 2021, and I shared my thoughts on each of them. So if you missed it, make sure you check it out once you finish listening to this episode. That's at content10x.com forward slash 216. And next week's episode is one that you really, really don't want to miss. I promise you that. It's my annual predictions episode where I take a look at what I think is going to be big in 2022 in the world of content and content repurposing. So watch this space for that episode because it really is a gem. But back to this episode, 2021, it's been an extremely full-on year and we've covered so much in the Content 10X podcast, so it wasn't easy to decide what should feature in this best of episode. But let's jump straight in. So to kick off, let's go all the way back to episode 178 from February. It was called How to Create a Content Treasure Trove for Unlimited Repurposing. Now in this episode, I talked about what to do when you get really good at repurposing, but that means that you end up with lots and lots of content. Well, you create your own content treasure trove. And I shared a few tips on how you can build a whole library of content simply by fleshing out your existing content. All of the tips definitely still apply, including this one. What do you do with all of that content that you have once you've shared it? If you've had success with the content in the past, you might not consider resharing it or maybe you're hesitant to share it again in case you come across as repetitive, but this could be wasting content gold. Now, I'm a big advocate for creating a content treasure trove. A content treasure trove is like a content library, but it's specifically for your best of the best. It's where you store your high-performing content that you know you can bring out time and time again, and it will likely see results because it's resonated with people in the past. It's important to note that not all of your content belongs in the treasure trove. Firstly, not all of your content will be high performing and that's absolutely okay. Sometimes your content will just not do very well and unfortunately that's life, that's just how it works out sometimes. 
And secondly, this should be content that you can use to reliably make a quick and strong impression on your audience so that it's easily shareable. So your long form content, for example, doesn't belong in the content treasure trove. However, as I mentioned, if you repurpose your content into those bite-sized social media assets, that's what I'm talking about here. That's the content that goes into your treasure trove. So don't be afraid to mark a piece of high performing content and reshare it every now and then. Now, if some time has passed since you last shared it, you may have some new followers, readers or subscribers who have yet to come across this particular piece of content. So that's great. They get to see it for the first time. And you could even argue that's exactly what I'm doing right now. And if they saw or heard the content before, so existing followers see something that you have shared in the past and they liked it and we know this content did really well the first time, then they aren't going to worry about seeing it again. Okay, so some great tips about creating a content treasure trove, but that isn't the only content repurposing tips worth sharing again. In episode 183, how to validate your content ideas, I shined a light on saving time creating content and ensuring you only create content that your audience wants to consume. How? By creating your content MVP, your content minimum viable product. And there's a key point I made that I think is absolutely worth reiterating in this best of episode and here it is. When your MVP has been released you can then improve it over time based on the feedback and so on. This is far more preferable to the opposite of spending the maximum amount of effort and time creating something to get an advanced version of a product or service before it's been released with no validation or testing. Now I like to call this the field of dreams approach referring to the 1989 Kevin Costner film where the main character hears this voice saying build it and he will come so he turns a cornfield into a baseball pitch with this blind faith that it'll all work out now blind faith is not the best approach in business so how can you create a content MVP? Well, creating content can take a lot of time and effort. So before you embark upon your next long form piece of content, your next epic blog post, cornerstone article, podcast episode, video, webinar, validate the idea first. So we're talking about simply creating some short and snappy social media content to get the idea out of your mind and into the world and basically just gauge that reaction. Then you can decide whether it's worth spending more time in developing the idea into longer form content. You can even ask your followers straight up, would you be interested if I shared more about this? Now, speaking of planning your content efforts, here's a quick tip from episode 208, how to repurpose your content for your marketing funnel. The marketing funnel is one of the most helpful concepts to think about when it comes to your content marketing strategy. It gives you a clear way to visualize how your content speaks to potential clients, but it also allows you to consider where they are on their journey from not knowing who you are at all to understanding your business to buying your products or investing in your services. So knowing this can help you work out what your potential clients need next to help them on their way to making a buying decision. 
So different types of content work best at different stages of the marketing funnel. One piece of content is going to rarely meet every requirement across the funnel and nor do you necessarily want it to because you want to make sure that multiple pieces of content come together nicely to create a journey that leads people from the top down to the bottom. And guess what? Content repurposing can help you to do this. The great thing about repurposing content for your marketing funnel is that you don't need to start from scratch each time you set up a new sales stage. You can repurpose content you already have to build an even more powerful content plan. This is saving you time, resources and effort. So in the episode, I share the order to create content in your funnel. This episode was hugely popular. People really found it super useful. So go check the whole episode out. Again, it's called how to repurpose your content for your marketing funnel. And that's at content10x.com forward slash 208. That was episode 208. And whilst on the subject of marketing funnels, in episode 201, I discussed how you can repurpose your content and leverage the zero moment of truth or the ZMOT theory to influence buying behavior. This is all kind of linked to the funnel. And this ZMOT content was really, really well received. Essentially, you're helping people to decide to buy from you by strategically positioning content in various touch points and locations throughout your marketing funnel. Let's take a listen. We often get really caught up thinking about cost per acquisition. Well, how about time spent per acquisition? Because your other alternative is to spend lots and lots of time with your prospects, seven hours in fact per prospect or preferably more. The brilliant thing about achieving the ZMAR is that these locations and touch points and hours, they don't have to be spent in person. They can all happen online. So that means with a really slick content marketing and repurposing strategy, you could get to this ZMAR in a highly effective organic way. So guess what? You could even repurpose one piece of content in order to achieve that seven hours, 11 touch points and four locations. So, you know, one piece of content repurposed well could achieve what you need to help people make that positive buying decision. Hey, just a little break from this week's episode to let you know about becoming a Content 10X Insider. If you want more content repurposing tips and advice, then why not join hundreds of business owners, marketers, and content creators who get them delivered straight to their inbox once a week by subscribing to the Content 10X newsletter. As well as tips and advice, you get industry updates, inspiring stories, exclusive content offers, and more. You can subscribe at content10x.com forward slash newsletter, and there's a link in the show notes too. Okay, back to this week's episode. Now, I can't continue to reminisce about the great episodes in 2021 for the podcast without mentioning the incredible guests I've had the pleasure of speaking to. Now, I would say almost 50% of our work at Content 10X is content and copywriting. So when I had the privilege of interviewing author, wordsmith and founder of Copy Hackers and also our lovely client, Joanna Weeb, I of course had to pick a brain on how to write convincing and persuasive copy that encourages the reader to take action. Let's have a listen. I would start by focusing on two things. The first is your hook. Like, so what, what are you saying to get them to pay attention and keep reading? What's that opening line, um, hook slash lead. Um, and second is fascinations. So anybody, so you have to figure out your hook 
or they're not going to even get to the fascinations. But a fascination um, is what, when a lot of people say bullet points, it's a fascination is a far better bullet. So for those who are unfamiliar with fascinations, it's like those old tricks that you've seen, um, but that work, um, <laughs> these old tricks of like, if you wanted to, uh, whatever, download or, or someone sent you a mailer a decade ago that was like um, trying to sell you on an ebook or a video course or some, or sorry, a book book or a video course or something like that. And there'd be like these bullets of all of these little teasers, all of them basically clickbait with like in brackets after each one, find it on page 99 or skip to two colon 45 um, and those sorts of things. And it's those parts. So fascination is clickbait combined, usually, usually today, at least combined with where you can find it in the thing that they want you to get. So in this case, if you're trying to get somebody to listen to your podcast, then you need to figure out what the clickbait is, knowing that people are increasingly skeptical of clickbait. However, BuzzFeed still does a badass job using it. And that's because people are still responding to it. Um, so think of those things, turn them in, don't give people facts, give them the beginning of a curiosity gap that then they have to close by listening to the podcast and tell them which parts they can get that information at. And don't do it on every bullet because it gets tiring. Um, but those are the two things I would do. Hook them, get a stronger lead. And a hook is often found uh, at the end of the phrase, I never thought it was possible, but... And then whatever follows, but is the interesting part. So when you like go through your show notes and kind of like put that phrase in front of every single line you've got and anything that could complete that phrase could be your hook. And if nothing completes that phrase, rewrite the whole damn thing because nobody's going to be interested unless they're being paid to be interested <laughs> which is really rare. Now I still think of this conversation today in fact since talking to Joanna we've adapted some of her tips and we've definitely seen a massive improvement in engagement. Always learning, always improving that's the name of the game with content. However, the first step to writing good copy or creating good content is, of course, understanding the type of content your target audience wants to consume. If, like many other businesses and business owners, you're trying to get a better understanding of what your audience is really interested in, then here's a recent interview on the podcast that you will likely find really helpful. In episode 192, I was joined by the one and only Rand Fishkin, a leader in the SEO field, co-founder of Mars, and now the founder of Spark Toro. And we chatted about using Spark Toro, which is a tool for digging deeper into your audience interests and really, really getting to understand and know your audience. So here's a snippet of Rand giving us a detailed explanation of what Spark Toro is and what it can do to improve your audience analysis. And he's using my favorite cocktail subscription service, Neo, as an example. Let's imagine that we are this company, Neo, and we are trying to reach people who are interested in cocktails. So we might say, okay, well, we have to we have to think of some behavior that our, our audience has. And SparkTor has a bunch of different ways to search. So there's a little drop down on the homepage, right? And you can just select from one of the drop downs. You could say, okay, my audience um, frequently talks about cocktails. That's a simple starting point. Uh, you could also use that drop down and say, my audience um, frequently uses the hashtag 
and you could put uh, cocktails, right? Hashtag cocktails. Great. That, that could be an easy one. Uh, my audience uses these words in their bio. Huh? Well, maybe if there are people in the, um, in the beverage industry who, are, who could potentially help amplify and, and talk about, maybe we're looking for bartenders or mixologists. So we're going to put in bartender or mixologist. And now SparkToro um, will go do a search across the, we have about 77, 78 million profiles, public profiles in our database. They're all gathered from essentially social media sites and websites. So, you know, we might go to Amy, we might go, oh, here's uh, Amy's Twitter account. And that links to her LinkedIn account and her Facebook and her uh, YouTube profile. And uh, here's her Instagram. And that, that's one profile for us. And then SparkToro will search across the words and phrases that you use in your bio on Twitter and LinkedIn and Instagram and whatever, um, if, if those accounts are public. And we'll then say, oh, okay, great. So that uh, he, here we have 13,522 uh, profiles that in the last 90 days have used the hashtag cocktails or um, have the word in their bio bartender. Okay. But there you go. And what, what is the behavior of those people? Why, once we find those 13,000 people, we don't show a list of them, right? So you would never come back in the search results. We wouldn't show any personally identifiable information about you. But we would say of those 13,000 bartenders or people who use the hashtag cocktails or whatever, here are social accounts that they follow in the percentage order that they do. So 22.1% follow uh, Imbibe Magazine online. Oh. I've never heard of Imbibe Magazine. I don't know anything about it, but apparently it's big with bartenders. Let me go check them out. Oh, cool. They take guest editorials. We should get, we should write one for them. Or, oh, you can pitch them stories. There's the PR contact. Okay, let's, let's have, uh, let's contact them and get them to cover our new launch in Birmingham or whatever it is, right? That, that's exactly the kind of thing that folks use SparkToro for and you know, obviously SparkToro shows all sorts of data. It'll show you social accounts and podcasts and YouTube channels and websites, all these things that people pay attention to, read, watch, visit. And this really solves this, that, that truly painful, um, hard to get data of what does my audience pay attention to and to what degree do they pay attention to it? All of this cocktail talk is making me thirsty, but before I go and fix myself a drink, I have just one more interview that I want to share with you in this best of episode. Now, last but certainly not least, it's my interview with the wonderful Jay Bear, who I'm sure needs no introduction, but I'll give one anyway, or I'll try. So Jay Bear, he's an entrepreneur, Hall of Fame speaker in EMC, author of six New York Times bestsellers, host of the award-winning Social Pros podcast, the founder of numerous multi-million dollar companies, including Convince and Convert. And he's also one of our lovely clients and friends here at Content 10X. Honestly, I found the entire interview immensely insightful and inspirational, as with every conversation with Jay. We talked all about what it takes to be a consistent content creator. So I encourage you to listen to the whole episode if you haven't already. It's episode 205 of the Content 10X podcast. But if I have to choose, these would definitely be my personal highlights from the episode. When you launched the show, it wasn't the intention wasn't to become a huge show. You said no. that you wanted to 
network yeah to bring to to meet new people bring um bring guests on interesting guests get to know people and that's the same for a lot of b2b podcasts uh, you know back then as it is mm-hmm. now like it's not to be the next joe rogan is it or the next like right. biggest podcast no, ever. we would it's we would have had a much different show if we were trying to build audience for audience sake we'd have a very different show uh we would we would have different guests we'd have different questions we'd produce it differently um, it would sound different. Um, we would do a lot. We, we'd probably do a lot of theme episodes, things like that, um, or, or episodes that are topically driven as opposed to, to guest driven. Um, we've never done any of that because, you know, our, our thought has always been, look, if you're running social media for a big brand, um, this is the best show for you. And, and if you're not, if you don't fit that description, we'd love to have you listen to the show, but we're not making the show for you we're making the show for those people and, and there's enough of those people um, to make the show a success um, and, and keep sponsors happy. And some of them become clients on the consulting side. And that's great as well, as we mentioned, but there's a lot of great social media podcasts out there that, that intentionally reach a broader audience because they're, they're focused more on tactics um, or how to's or things that sort of smaller companies care about, you know, and we're, we're talking about things like, you know, Google was on the show recently talking about sort of global change management, right? That's a, that's a, a meaty, weighty, heady topic. And, and we do not, and we never will dumb the show down for audience. I just refuse to do it. Um, I don't, you know, it's not about that. We want to be the smartest show out there for those kind of people. And, and that, puts a natural cap on the size of the audience. And that's okay. I'm perfectly happy with that. Let's say you're in the same situation. You're starting a podcast today. What would you do anything differently? Would you even start a podcast or would it be a video show or what would you do differently today? Yeah, good question. Yeah. Um, I Just because of the magic of repurposing, if I was going to start a show today, I would probably start it as video just because then you've got video. And we've done that a couple of times. I think you remember, Amy, for, for a while there, we were recording the video from the show, um, but, but you know, a conversational podcast turned into a YouTube video is not a very compelling YouTube video. Um, so, so unless you're trying to make it sort of video worthy, I'm not certain the point. But if I was starting from scratch, I would probably do that, right? I would probably create a YouTube series um, that that also becomes a podcast. In fact, I did that with my. Um, my show talk triggers that I did a couple of years ago, I did a 20 episode run that was really a YouTube show. Um, but we stripped the audio out and turned it into a podcast um, because, because why not? So that's probably how I would do it today. And I also might, um, if I had the time and, and, and sort of the desire, if I was starting from scratch, I would probably do it by theme. So for example, Let's do a show about how social media managers find and attract new talent. And so I do four or five interviews with different people and then combine those interviews into one episode about that topic. And that's a pretty common podcast format, right? It's more of an NPR style. You bring in bits from a bunch of different interviews into one thematic whole. Um, That's probably what I would do if I started from scratch. What would you say? I know you've been podcasting. You've had, like you said, it's not just social pros. You've had a number of different podcasts. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the kind of the biggest lesson learned from consistently creating podcasts for such a long period of time? So like the, the biggest thing that you've learned over that time? I think if you if you just 
focus on a very specific audience and find a way to be that audience's favorite podcast in the world, you'll do great. The, 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 the biggest mistake people make is they target too large of an audience. And at that point, their podcast is one of several that, that are marginally relevant to the audience. You want to be, you're much better off being hyper relevant to a small audience than partially relevant to a large audience, um, especially given how many podcast choices listeners have today. So I would much rather be um, the, the, the favorite podcast of 50,000 people than I kind of like it of 500,000 people. Yeah. Uh, and in order to do that, you really have to understand the, the persona of the listener and then build the show accordingly um, for them, not for you. The show's not for me. The show's for the listeners of the show. Um, if I was making a show for me, it'd be a different show, but I'm not, I'm not the audience. I'm just the host. So um, people tend to get seduced by this idea that we need a bigger audience. And I will tell you, you actually need a smaller audience that's loyal. So there we have it. Now, I love all the interviews I've done for different reasons. And while I can't squeeze all of them into this best of episode, I do just want to take a few seconds to give a shout out to Chris Ducker, James Schramko, Matt Pierce, Nicholas Semple, Nikki Roush, Ash Jones, Ross Simmons, Jason Van Orden and Rob Yogel for speaking to me in 2021 on the podcast and sharing your wonderful insights. And finally, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. Whether you've listened to every single episode or you've just found the podcast now, in which case I encourage you to go back and binge on all our past episodes, over 200 episodes to listen to. But again, I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you found the information useful in developing a stronger content strategy. And on that note, be sure to join me in the next episode, episode 218, where I share content marketing predictions for 2022. It's a really good episode coming up next. Now, if you want help with your content repurposing, then we at Content 10X offer a fully done-for-you end-to-end content repurposing service. We work with businesses that create video and podcast content and we repurpose their content. So if you need help, then go check our services out. Go to content10x.com forward slash services. And if you haven't got a copy of my book already, then do go grab a copy, Content 10X, More Content, Less Time, Maximum Results. It is the ultimate guide to repurposing every type of content. It's on Amazon, it's on Barnes & Noble online, or just go to content10x.com forward slash book. And finally, make sure that you are following me on social media as well. Connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know that you listen to the podcast or go find Content 10X on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We're at Content 10X on all the social media platforms. All that's left to say is thank you so, so much for listening to this week's episode and I will catch you in the next one.